Welcome to Search Talk Live with search engine optimization and marketing experts, Robert O'Haver and Matt Weber. Powered by the Robert Palmer family of companies. All right. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Search Talk Live. I'm your host, Robert O'Haver, with my co-host, Matt Weber of Roar Internet Marketing. Matt, how's it going? Hey, Robert. Good to see you, man. You're back off the road for a little bit. You're yeah. home for a while. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No and, more road trips. And I am, too. I'm off the road for a while. Nice <laughs> to sleep in my own bed for a while. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, doing the Google thing, huh? Yeah, I got a few locations. Got Did Vegas recently, did Nashville, Tennessee recently, did Wichita, Kansas recently, did Pensacola recently. So I'm uh, looking forward to being home for a little bit. Nice. Why don't you tell our listeners what you do for Google? Well, I'm the president of Roar Internet Marketing. And as a side gig to that, I'm part of the Grow with Google team. And Grow with Google is an effort by Google to train a really impressive number of businesses and individuals in digital skills. So they host events all over the country that you can find at growwithgoogle.com. And I'm one of the handpicked trainers for those events. Very cool. Cool. Now, before we get started, guys, one thing I wanted to bring up, and I keep getting a lot of feedback from listeners, um, you know, talk, listening to, when you're listening to people to get advice from a podcast or whether it be uh, a video or something like that for SEO or search engine optimization or any of that stuff, you want to make sure that it's applicable to your situation, your subject. So we've had some cases where um, someone had mentioned to me, well, uh, uh, what was it? Neil Patel said that content isn't king, and and uh, I have to disagree there. <laughs> but you have to look at the source too, because someone like Neil Patel is an excellent marketer. But you know he's got probably a million people on his mailing list, so he could put out anything, right? And send that to that mailing list, and even if ten percent of those people—that's a hundred thousand people—hitting your site. Of course, that's going to rank because it's getting activity. Yeah, and I think that when we talk about search, and one of the things you and I are passionate about is people tend to oversimplify search in order to sell it. And one of the things we try to do in the show is to make search digestible. And so you take the bits and pieces that are relevant to you, but we're going to try to break it down into its smallest pieces on every show. Maybe right. there's a show that doesn't uh, fit your application 100%, but come back for the next one because we're going to try another topic and we're going to break something down into smaller pieces again. Yeah, and no means I'm not picking on you know Neil Patel. He's an excellent marketer, but you have to look at the scale of things. You know, your business... You don't have a million followers or a million people on your email list. so Big brand exposure, big brand exactly. recognition. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a whole different situation for most of you that listen to his podcast or, or stuff. So it, just make sure that you filter that stuff. But do anyway. We, do we want to say something really uh, negative about Neil just so somebody can retweet it and we can get some publicity <laughs> about it? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so guys, today is really exciting. One of my excited – I'm really excited about this show because – this is a tool that I've probably used since its fruition, uh, probably shortly after anyway. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm sure all of you have heard of Screaming Frog. Um, it is an excellent tool for SEOs. And, I mean, there's a free version. I recommend the paid version, but I would highly recommend you downloading it and looking for Screaming Frog. But today with us is Dan Sharp. He is the co-founder of Screaming Frog. And he also has an agency. Dan, how's it going? Yeah, really well. Thanks, Robert. Thanks for having me on. 
Yes, you're over in the UK on the other side of the pond. <laughs> I am indeed, yes. We're, I'm in a town called uh, Henley-on-Thames, which you probably haven't heard of before, but it's in Oxfordshire, about an hour outside London. Nice. Is so, my accent as good as his? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, why don't you tell us about yourself, about a little bit about your agency and Screaming Frog. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, my name's Dan. I'm uh, the, one of the founders of uh, Screaming Frog. Um, I've been doing SEO for about 15 years. Um, most people know uh, Screaming Frog because of the tool that we produce, which is actually called the, uh, the SEO Spider. Um, it's a tool that crawls your website and helps you audit it from an SEO perspective. Um, but Screaming Frog, we're actually a search marketing agency as well. Um, you know, so we do uh, SEO, PPC, um, you know, content marketing for clients. Um, I think there's about 40 of us now. We're based in Henley on Thames as well in the UK. Um, but, you know, we have clients, uh, global clients, glo- uh, clients worldwide. Um, yeah, got it. For the few people who haven't started their love affair with Screaming Frog, what's the number <laughs> one reason why? an average website owner would want to use Screaming Frog as a tool? Yeah, so, I mean, it helps. I, th- I think the, the, the thing that it does is it helps you make better decisions from an SEO perspective. Um, so it will crawl your website for you um, and help you collect lots of data around the, we- uh, around the website and specific kind of SEO elements so pick up things like errors um, and issues that you might not be able to spot without it. Or at least if you've got a large website, you know, we work with clients who have, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of pages. It's, it's impossible to check every page, you know, manually. It's just, it's just not possible. Um, so the, so the, we built this tool essentially for ourselves, you know, to help us um, provide better recommendations and auditing for our clients. Um, so if you want to improve your website, if you want to be more visible, um, in the search results, then our tool can certainly help you do that. Um, the only thing I would say is that it's built, it's really built for SEO professionals rather than, you know, um, your average person who doesn't necessarily know anything about SEO. It doesn't tell you how to do SEO. It gives you hints along the way and presents you with data to, to make better decisions. Now, Robert, you're a power user. Would you agree, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's, let's compare answers here. Robert, first to you and then to Dan. What do you think is the hidden benefit of Screaming Frog that most people don't use? For people that are technical, yeah, I think that it is, it, it's like candy in the candy store. I mean, it's, to me, it's, it, you know, based on your data, it's what you get back before you make a decision that makes it very valuable. And is there anything in particular that it does that you think most people don't really? There's not one thing. Not one though. thing. No. Right. How about you, Dan? Is there one hidden feature that Screaming Frog has that you think kind of goes unheralded? Maybe. I mean, I think there's I think there's lots of different kind of configurations and features that people don't know about. You know. People kind of know know what they know, which sounds like a weird thing to say, but, you know, they learn how to use it and then that's it and don't realize there's loads of other things. Um, one of the new features that we brought out was um, structured data, um, structured data audit- auditing. Um, and obviously, you know, Google has their Google structured data testing tool, but we're, 
we were like you know pretty much the first crawler in fact i think we are the first crawler there's nobody else who does it um that will find you know any structured data on your website the different types of structured data and we'll show you show you that and, and audit it and tell you if you've got any problems um whether that's with uh, against schema.org specs or, or google features so that's pretty cool um uh, that only came out uh, earlier this year so i think Quite a few people don't know about that. Yeah, I didn't know about that. One. Well, he just, he just stole my third question, so I'm all, I'm off to a not a good start here. But Dan, talking about structured data, we've done entire shows on structured data and its and its value oh, yeah. on that. What are some of the things that a failed structured data might show up as in Screaming Frog? What what would I see that would help me indicate that something is wrong with my structured data? I mean, it, it's it's fairly similar to the um, to the structured data testing tool in that. You can configure it to crawl um, the different types of structured data that you have, whether it's JSON, LD, or RDFA, or microdata, um, and you'll see the different types of structured data getting pulled in against web pages. And then we literally display if there's any errors. So we've got columns for errors or warnings, and they match up with the same errors and warnings that you know most people or most SEOs will be familiar with within the Google structured dating tool. Uh, uh, Structured data testing tool. Like it's a dating um, tool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a different thing, yeah. <laughs> Upsell. Yeah, so, so, so you know, that, that could be all kinds of things. You know, that could be that you're, you're, you're missing, you know, particular, particular parts of structured data or there might be particular errors. Perhaps you've got the, you know, the wrong date format or, you know, you're not using um, the, rect, uh, the correct encoding or, or whatever it might be. It's a really interesting story to hear that you built this tool to help your agency. Tell us about the turning point where you said to yourself, man, we've got something here. This could be bigger than, than us. When did that happen? I took my question. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. You know, um, so, this, so this was developed um, to go back by my brother and I um, about a decade ago. And um, it was actually while uh, my brother actually had a full-time job somewhere else. Um, and so this was really in the background that we were building this tool. And it was, it was for the agency. It was, um, it was for, for, for me to use specifically when I was freelancing under the name of, of Screaming Frog um, to, to help audit client websites and provide better recommendations. And um, we got to a point where we thought, you know, this is, this is pretty good we weren't really sure whether we were going to release it, you know, publicly, to be honest. Um, it was it was due to just be an internal tool. And then we thought, let's put it out there. Let's see what happens. You know, let's provide a free version that people can use. And so, you know, we picked an arbitrary 500 URLs figure, which we still have today. <laughs> um, and, uh, and thought we'd put it out there and get some feedback. And, um, yeah, it's kind of immediately... Um, we got some, uh, yeah, really positive feedback. People seem to really like it, um, you know, and uh, immediately people started signing up to buy licenses, which we were amazed by. I remember, um, you know, the first couple of days where we sold, you know, a few licenses and, uh, you know, my brother and I were fairly amazed because, you know, uh, this was built, you know, by us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, it's it's grown, you know, substantially since then. We've obviously got many thousands of users, um, and the great thing is, we've actually got a really great community as well. You know, a lot of the features that you see today, you know, are have come from direct, you know, customer feedback. Oh, nice. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of a lot of the features and and, and changes that we've made over the years have come from from customers and users who uh, who who give us great feedback all the time. And they can actually download at screamingfrog.co.uk. Exactly that. Yeah, you can go to the .com. We did we did buy the .com as well. It redirects to the .co.uk. The .com used to be some kind of like film production agency in in LA actually. Um, but yeah, but yeah, you can go to uh, screamingfrog.co.uk. Uh, it's called the SEO Spider. If you go to the SEO Spider page, you can just download it. We don't want your details or anything like that. You don't need to give us your email address. You can literally just click a button and download it. And, See, that, uh, and that's uh, fascinating. In today's world, that's fascinating. Yeah, I would imagine you would have a massive mailing list right now. We're, we're, well, we're really different to a lot of companies. Um, I, I mentioned pre the show when we're, we're not salesmen at all. Yeah. We do a lot. We do a lot of things very differently to other people. Um, you know, um, and we've we've never required anyone to give us their email address or anything like that. And we allow people to use it for crawling up to 500 URLs at a time. You can crawl as many websites as memory, many different times as you like um, for free. You know, there's you know we don't have any. We don't collect any data on that and hassle you or anything along those lines. Wow. We don't have. We don't actually employ any salesmen. We never have. Um, we've never done any uh, any kind of uh, traditional marketing or advertising or anything along those lines. Um, you know, it's uh, it's only more recently actually that we've we've uh, when we attend you know SEO conferences and things like that that we've actually you know had a stand or something along those lines. It was actually yeah. only last year for the first time. And when we've had that stand. It's not really to sell, you know, we're doing a crawling clinic, um, for example, at Brighton SEO in, in September, and that's more so users can come to us and ask us support queries, anything they want to know, how to use uh, how to use the tool or something along those lines. Wow, you could have been the next Neil Patel. <laughs> yeah. it, is really, it, it is remarkable, though, that you've maintained this position, and I think it's wonderful. When the tool, when I first became exposed to the tool, I was just uh, charmed by its simplicity. It was a very simple yeah. tool to use, and it had so much value for what it was. You didn't have to fight to get the results or learn a bunch of things. You could just download the, the data and mm. get to work. I mean, the, the time from getting the data and getting to work was minimal, and you've maintained that over the years. Yeah, it, it, user-friendly, very user-friendly. Yeah. So that's the past, Dan. Tell us a little bit about the future. Do you see a day where Screaming Frog helps catalog the links that it reports, like – Here's a link that uh, we're certain doesn't have any value. Here's a link that possibly could have some value. Here's a link that we're pretty sure does have some value. You can't be Google, obviously, but what's the future of Screaming Frog? I mean, maybe just to answer that question. I mean, we we so we do we have a kind of an internal page rank um, calculation that we do, um, which we just call Link Score because we can't use the words page rank um and uh, <laughs> and that's and the, the aim of that is to give you an idea of how important obviously relatively um a url is on your website that doesn't take into account external urls that's just internal urls but that can be pretty useful to work out you know does this page need to be linked to you know more internally or whatever it might be um but to kind of answer your question about screaming frog in the future you know we've got um We've got a really excellent team on, on the agency side. Um, we work with some really cool clients. We're doing really great work. Um, I do think um, kind of having the agency side and getting exposed to so many client issues and, and still working in really competitive verticals, con- doing SEO consulting, 
um, really helps us and kind of gives us the edge um, on building a better tool because, you know, we understand what seos need obviously we get great feedback from from users all the time but we understand what seos need because we're seos you know yeah i think Um, that that is it you're practitioners you're like us you're actually doing the work day to day right yeah exactly that i would say you know we're in the trenches as well (laughs) Um, we're doing the same things you know we're getting asked the same things by clients and having to do the same kind of manual tasks that you want to automate and make more efficient and, and quicker and, and get data easier and, and and make better decisions and all of those things and 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 that's what we're going to continue doing with the tool we're going to continue improving it i think we've got something like the last time i had a look something like 300 um enhancements we call them so features and, wow. and improvements for the tool in in the in the development list which i um prioritize based upon feedback with a little bit of kind of internal steer as well um so yeah really exciting we uh we're working on version 12 at the moment now we're on obviously 11.3 so we work on kind of you know point releases so 11 is a, is a big release with features and then 11.1 2 3 are just mainly kind of like you know um, uh, bug fixes and things like that. So twelve will be the next big one, and we're just working on um, some some nice big features for that. So we shouldn't be we're not too far away now. So if there's any users that have some ideas for features, I know Robert's probably got a dozen or so. They can tweet us and use the hashtag Search Talk Live, and if we get them during the show, we'll introduce them to you. So if you've got an idea for a feature for Screaming Frog, tweet us. Use the hashtag Search Talk Live. Yeah, and, and, we'll, you, and you can download it for free for mentioning Search Talk Live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just but Dan, tell me, how has having such a popular uh, tool kind of opened the doors for your agency? Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of has helped, and I think it's also hindered a little bit as well because I think it's helped. Um, you know, with some clients have certainly heard about us because of the tool, you know, so they've got in-house SEO managers or, or whatever, or they've used the tool themselves and they've found out that we provide services too. That's not the reason why we built it, but it has worked that way for some clients. But kind of conversely, I do feel that some people just think that we do software, you know, they don't know that we're an agency um, and they just go, oh, you know, Screaming Frog. Yeah, I use Screaming Frog. And then don't realize that Screaming Frog is the agency and the tool they're talking about is the SEO Spider, right. which is cool. You know, we call it Screaming Frog internally as well sometimes, you know, so I hope. So, it, I mean, it's helped and I do think it has hindered a little bit. Um, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Screaming Frog now lets you see uh, no follow links that are pointing to your site. What's the value of seeing a no follow link? pointing to your site i mean yeah so i mean the the seo spider will only tell you about internal links whether they're followed or, or no follow um but if you mean from external yes. external websites i think probably i mean obviously they're still valuable from a from a kind of user perspective you're still going to get referral traffic and things like that i do think from a link perspective they are virtually zero. I don't think they necessarily get considered a huge amount in in scoring. They, I don't think they pass any page rank. Um, you know, I'm going to have know. to find the source, but somebody wrote an article within the past seven days that disputed the theory that Google's no follow is actually they treat it as literally a no follow. 
that depending on the website that the link originates from, it may indeed pass some value even as a no no follow. I think that's fair. So in the UK, for example, I think in the UK, for example, there's some big publishers. Um, So some of the biggest newspapers that you can think of from the UK, um, I won't name them, but the really bad ones. And I think essentially their policy is they, they no follow all external links. So if you if you think about it from a Google perspective, that's a big black hole. I do wonder whether there might be some some kind of internal measures. I, I don't know whether you could scale that manually or not or whatever, but I do wonder whether that if all links on a website are, are a blanket no-follow, whether there's some way that they can consider that algorithmically. I certainly think that Google are considering brand mentions now and things like that it's very hard to prove um, and I certainly don't think they carry the same weight as a link um, but I do think they are looking at, at, at brand mentions and I don't just mean typing into this, the search engines I mean brand mentions within content um, and associated keywords around that yeah I think that's what this author was um, posting a theory as too that these no follow links may not pass the broad spectrum of signals that a non-nofollow link would, but that Google looks at them for certain very specific elements of context. And one of the things that he theorized mm. was uh, date, was timely, timeliness, that Google helps determine the, uh, the freshness of content by the date that it's published on another piece of content, even if the link to it is nofollow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that 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 could be a very good way. Obviously, there's lots of problems with Google understanding, you know, the the original article, the correct article to rank. You know, that what that should be the canonical. We've all seen examples where, you know, uh, a piece of content's just been republished and is outranking the original, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, that would be, you know, it would certainly be something that Google could consider, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, the phrase you hear a lot now, I think particularly in the past six months from the Google literature is high-quality sites, right, that combination of words. What in your mind can what – what can website owners do to communicate to Google that they are, in quotes, a high-quality site, end of quote? I think, I think the main thing is just answering uh, – giving the best answer to the query. Um, so, you know, making sure that your landing pages, your web pages – answer the query that people are searching for um, and providing you know um, uh, good quality content that does that that goes beyond the average um, is better than the competition ideally Um, yeah I mean a lot of people you know look at the Google search quality guidelines and there's lots of conversations around eat Mm -hmm. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, you can read those guidelines and kind of get an idea of the direction that Google want to go in to get an understanding. They want to rank people who are experts in a subject, who are an authority, obviously. Um, But ultimately, you just need to be the best answer to the query, really. Yeah, and it's uh, getting to understand what that query is, knowing your target. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that, that we do as, as an agency at the moment is understanding the, the intent of a, quer- a, a query as well. So, 
to give you uh, an example, um, you know, if you search for something like search engine optimization or, or SEO, a few years ago, probably mm, three years ago, I'd say, you know, it'd be a lot of service pages ranking on the first page of Google. You'd have, you know, an agency's SEO services page. If you have a look now, you won't see that. It's because Google have a better understanding about what people really want from you know a search engine optimization or seo search and really what they want is they're finding out about what it means so they really want a guide whether that's a beginner's guide or something along those lines um so we've been doing uh, you know lots of kind of searcher intent mapping again for clients getting on getting to understand the intent behind the search and making sure they have the right type of content you know to uh to match it yeah i mean it it, i think it not to toot my own horn, but I think that it's everybody. All the SEOs, it takes a very special talent to understand that because depending on what service or business or product you offer, it varies. Like, mm. you know, some people are just searching for information. If you're an e-commerce site and you're doing a lot of Q&A, uh, depending on what you're doing Q&A about, I've just seen so many times where a site – a, a, a person will do a search they'll go to a site get their answer and leave you know so you've got you can't just go with you have to have certain questions search uh, certain intent you know whether mm. you know if you know what size is mount everest versus where can i that's uh, not a how can i book a trip to mount everest it, right exactly progressive content right it kind mm. of a walking up the user up a ladder of content that takes them to where they want to go. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> I couldn't get it out. Yeah. yeah, that's my new theory, by the way, progressive content. Look for a blog post on that soon. <laughs> uh, well, tell us about voice search, Dan, and how does voice search in the future or now affect what Screaming Frog might show us as SEOs, and how is voice search affecting your development of that product and your agency? Good question. I would say at the moment, voice search, we're not we're not really um, doing a huge amount uh, in terms of features um, around voice search for for the SEO spider at the moment. Uh, to, to be completely honest, just because I, I, I don't think it makes sense at this time. Um, obviously, structured data you can get, and you know, yes. there's certain things you can do there, so you can you can look at it in that way. Um, but I do think the way uh, voice search um, is changing the way people search, I guess, and, and the way people use devices is interesting. Um, there's still a lot of complications around it. Are people really searching for a lot of our clients that we work with, obviously, commercial? <laughs> um, do people really use a voice search around uh, commercial queries at the moment? Yeah, it's more local. Um, local queries. Yeah, stuff. local. Yeah, I think I think local and, and obviously, you know, understanding the weather and things like that are certainly areas we as an agency don't work with um, many local clients. Mm. Well, I want to sneak in one question before the break, if I can, Robert. Is there another version of Screaming Frog that only your agency gets to use that's a little beefier, <laughs> a little more powerful? Are you allowed to tell us that? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, there is, yeah. Oh, it's called Screaming Toad. <laughs> there is. There's a more powerful version that's behind the black curtain, huh? I mean, when when you say more powerful, I mean, we've just got features earlier than than 
obviously yeah, the, you know the, the standard user does uh, yeah so <laughs> so we so we we have alphas and betas internally so i have an alpha in front of me at the moment with um with uh, yeah lots of kind of new features and stuff um but yeah you guys get to see it maybe three to six months after we do something along those lines wow. kind of depends can yeah. you give us a sneak preview of one of the features on your <laughs> alpha that we can't see uh did i give one i gave it away the other day on twitter so i can yeah so <laughs> i don't want to give away, i can't give away any of the bigger features i always try and remain quiet just because we will not tell anybody yeah i know there's lots of other people building features at the same time we always mm. like to be first on things you know how it is but um there's going to be you're going to be able to configure things far more than you can at the moment i know there's lots of configurations op- options at the moment but even down to the way it's displayed so at the moment you have obviously the tabs at the top you'll be able to move those around and close them in a similar way to that you might in a browser okay kind of added flexibility there feature um, request can it order a beer or lunch <laughs> <laughs> just kidding i like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to take a break. When we get back, guys, we're going to do Who Influences the Influencer? And that is where we ask our guest who influences him and where he gets his information in the industry right after these messages. Today's episode of Search Talk Live is sponsored by... Hey, Robert, you're here early for the show. Yeah, I got a ton of SEO work done this morning, and I got it done way ahead of schedule. Couldn't have done it without HRFs. Yeah, so much easier than using multiple programs and having data in a bunch of different places. Plus, being able to see what is holding a page back from ranking in HRFs is so much faster than picking through each part myself. Oh, yeah, I agree. We use HRFs because it's so easy to teach people at our agency how to use it. Their YouTube tutorials couldn't be better. It's one thing to have a tool. It's another thing to know your team is using it to its full capacity. I don't think there's an easier, more complete tool than HRFs. Hey, Robert, why don't you hit them up to be a sponsor of the show? I am way ahead of you. HREFs, the official SEO tool of Search Talk Live. Try their new seven-day trial for only $7. Go to hrefs.com. That's hrefs.com. Your website analytics data probably feels like this. But it could feel like this. Making sense of all the website data available to you hasn't been easy. Until now, Smilelytics transforms your website analytics data into easy-to-understand memorable photographs. You pick your own photo theme. Smilelytics, S-M-Y-L-E, Lytics. Like analytics, only happier. And it's free at Smilelytics.com. Want to know how your website is doing? Get the big picture with pictures. It's the easiest and most enjoyable way to understand your website data. No charts, no graphs, no cost. Sign up today. Smilelytics. S-M-Y-L-E-Lytics. Like analytics. Only happier at Smilelytics.com. Directive is an industry-leading search marketing agency fully focused on helping B2B marketing teams increase their results. If you're looking to increase your marketing qualified leads and decrease your cost per acquisition for search engines, I'd highly recommend you take a look at their site. We've actually had their CEO, Garrett Marguth, on the show, and I can honestly say these guys are doing some great stuff. 
I hear that they even have their own analytics system that lets you correlate your SEO, PPC, or content efforts directly to revenue. If you're a B2B company and thinking about switching agencies, or if you're in-house and need help, I'd give Directive a look. Visit directiveconsulting.com or call 949-214-4024. Again, that's 949-214-4024. Again, that's directive at directiveconsulting.com. Get your questions in on Twitter. Type hashtag search talk live and your question. Now back to the show. All right, guys, we're back. If you have a question for Dan while we are on the show, be sure and do hashtag search talk live on Twitter. We are monitoring that right now. And uh, Dan, it's that time. Who's influencing you, Dan? Who's influencing the influencers? <laughs> it's a good question. So I'm following about a thousand people on, on Twitter. So the answer is quite quite a few people. First of all, I should say, Obviously, you know, my teammates at Screaming Frog, definitely. Um, and they're all on Twitter. That's so a good all, answer. <laughs> all, the peop- all the people that I work with, obviously. So, uh, you know, we work with each other every day on, on big projects. And um, they're a massive influence and inspiration as well. So um, all of those guys. Um, so uh, you should follow Patrick Landridge, uh, Mark Porter. Um, have you heard of a, uh, a strange Lord of the Rings SEO meme account called Lord of the Serps? If you haven't, you should uh, <laughs> you should follow that as well. It's one of uh, it's one of the team, Oliver Brett. He's uh, very amusing. Um, yeah, but I mean, plenty of people in the industry. You know, there's lots of there's lots of uh, interesting people to follow. Um, I do think Twitter is a very good place to kind of keep up to date. Uh, on things happening so I follow people like Elada you've probably heard of before I, I um, have not tell us about that person you've not heard of Elada no oh, she's she's amazing so a, a Spanish SEO um, oh yeah she's been on the show long well way before oh okay when we first started All right. yeah so she she's uh, an, an international SEO she speaks at loads of conferences She's amazing on Twitter. She shares loads of good stuff. Uh, obviously, super knowledgeable SEO as well. Uh, well worth a follow. Um, Glenn Gabe, you've probably heard of before. Yeah. Glenn's, Glenn's a good follow. He's always talking about the latest um, algorithm updates. I think there was one only a few days ago, actually, on around the 13th, something along those lines. So if you like looking at kind of SEMrush graphs going up and down, he's the man to follow and he's also got some great insights around uh and kind of theories behind why um websites may see um you know increases or decreases with those updates uh loads of people uh bill slorsky he's great for following around obviously google and patents and things does a load of research that most people you know like me are are, are just too too lazy to do ultimately um (laughs) you know does a great job (laughs) um dr pete from moz oh yeah yeah, uh, Mike King, um, yeah. I, I pull rank um, uh, over here in the UK. Um, there's a few people, OHGM, Oliver Mason. He's very entertaining. Um, technical SEO, worth a follow. Barry Adams, um, he's good as well. Another technical SEO. So, yeah, lots of people. And also, you have to follow some Googlers as well. And I think John John Muller, if you don't follow him on, on Twitter, you should do. Um 
you can actually ask him some questions and he will actually answer them um, amazingly. Obviously, he's not going to tell you the secret source to the algorithm, but um, if, if you ask him some questions, he actually comes back. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly amazed by, um, by the amount of questions he gets and the amount of uh, answers he gives. Yeah. You know, and you've got to give props to the people that continue to try to ask him to give him the secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> you know, day after day after day. Yeah, literally. I don't know how he does it. He must feel like screaming sometimes. Fair play prob- to him. He probably gets the same question asked a thousand times. A thousand a times. Month, you know? Yeah. Easy. And he gets some real novices, and he's very patient with them. So I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Absolutely. You know, it's a, this is a good exercise because, like, for instance, you're in the UK, we're in the US, so you you may have insight on people that over here we don't. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I took notes on a couple of those folks. Yeah, yeah. that was great. Sure. You know, speaking of Google News, Dan, on July second, uh, Google announced that support for the No Index Directive is going to be dropped on September first. What's your sense of what does that mean for SEOs? They did what? Sorry, I didn't hear that. On the second, they announced that support for the no index directive is going to be oh, dropped. This is, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. This is um, robots.txt yes. no index, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. <sighs> is it, is it an diff- issue? You know, it doesn't seem like it's a really big deal. I mean, it's. It, uh, I don't think it's a big issue because I don't think lots of websites, and obviously Google has the data on this, I don't think lots of websites use it. The only thing I would say <laughs> is that it's pretty, it's been, it's pretty handy to use because it did it actually is. work. Yeah. It, was a, it was a little bit unreliable. So when we first tested it, it didn't work. And then it started working about a month later. And we thought that you may need to use it in combination with it with a disallow weirdly um and it turned out you didn't um so it, it was a bit weird but essentially it just took a long time to come kind of into into action and longer seemingly than a than a no index meta tag um uh, the only thing i would say it's a bit of a shame you know there's there's lots of kind of large websites out there with huge development queues you find it really really difficult to um to implement you know meta no index um or, or no index via the ex robots tag in the HTTP header um, who found this a quick and easy way to no index pages but at the same time you can see Google's perspective they think people are going to shoot themselves in the foot um, and there's lots of people out there who do that so you can kind of understand why they're withdrawing it. Oh is that your sense of it that the reason they're stopping support is because more people were using it incorrectly than correctly? I, I, think, that, I think they're removing it because it's it's they've obviously done a proposal uh, for, for robots.txt um, uh, and uh, it's obviously not in there and I think their concern my belief is their concern is that it's too easy for people to know index pages and hurt themselves and I really do believe that's the case I remember hearing arguments for having regex um, for, for allowing robots.txt to have regex complete regex in there and my understanding from Matt Cutts many, many years ago was that they like that idea because it's more advanced. However, for the average user, they would shoot themselves in the foot <laughs> and they would hurt themselves. So, so they, could, they wouldn't do it. So can it still be used in the robots text? No, no, yeah. no. So no. You, so come September, you know, in theory anyway, they're always delayed on, on when they say things. You know, you, you just shouldn't use no index. Yeah, in, you won't in be able the to robot use text it. file. 
it, oh, okay. this is specifically in the robots.txt oh, file. Okay, you can, I got you. You can, so, so, yeah, so if you want to know index things, you don't want stuff in the index. Obviously, the pages still need to be crawled to be indexed. Then um, uh, crawled to be, to be seen, you have to put in a, a, a meta a meta robots no index okay, so or, or x robots tag yeah yeah so you can still have stuff no indexed okay yeah it was pretty interesting in one of the articles that i read that people were one of the things that google was doing is taking a huge amount of variance in how people implemented that tag in the robot text file misspellings using it incorrectly or blocking their whole site or blocking their whole site <laughs> right yeah so you know they were erring on the side of being generous because they were assuming that you the webmaster had sections of your website that didn't that Google, you didn't want Google to get to, and they were going to err on the side of caution and in not indexing those. Yeah, and so they were taking a huge liberty in how they interpreted some of the misspellings and the incorrect ways that that was being executed. Yeah, you'd see people blocking like plugins so that then the CSS couldn't get indexed. And it was yeah, it's crazy. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the right thing to do from a, from a Google's perspective. You know, that is the right thing to do for them. I'm not sure it's necessarily the answer that, um, you know, technical SEOs wanted, but hey-ho. Did, yeah. I, did I see, Dan, online that uh, Screaming Frog is doing training yourself, that you're, you offer training? Yeah, so we we do um, training courses. So actually we're doing one at, at Brighton SEO in uh, in September, as well um and it's specifically around how to use um the seo spider um so we do a kind of one day training workshop where you can come along um it's not online so you have to be in the room i'm afraid um but yeah yeah we we show you how to use the tool you know uh kind of uh the basics right up to more advanced stuff around you know crawling javascript websites or um, calling kind of big e-commerce websites with complicated, faceted navigations, um, custom extraction, you know, whatever it might be. Is training a part of Screaming Frog's future? And do you see that content someday being offered online to a larger audience? Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think we're going to have to. I think so. You know, we launched the training workshops, which we've had a couple so far. So we've only done two, and they've both been in London. They both sold out. Were really great, and people loved it. But the feedback that we that we got, just because we have such an in, international user base, is that people would love to be able to do it. And obviously, they're based all over the world. And can we do an online version? So I think we're going to have to, and we'd like to be able to as well. Um, and uh, one of the things that we want to do better this year is produce more guides and, and better content to help, you know, um, teach people how to use the spider um, and, and, and things like that. I don't think we do the, the best job of that. Like I, said, like I said at the start, we don't, you know, it, it wasn't built for kind of beginners. Um, it was more aimed at kind of you know the professional seo however our user base is really diverse we have people with uh with really different skill sets and uh, i think we can do a better job there both in training and um on the website in terms of guides and things well dan i mean you still get a lot of experts that you could probably open their eyes to a lot of features and and set you know feature sets in the software that you know they maybe they wouldn't figure out on their own you know so I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's true. What would what would one of those be, Dan? As you reflect back on your trainings, 
and you look at them and you go, you know what, here's the one thing that people apparently are not getting out of the tool that we want them to get, the feature that they're not using. Is there something that stands out in your mind that you would want to tell all Screaming Frog users, you guys, you can do this, but you're not doing this? SEO spider. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's fine. I think, I think um, just, I think like even debugging and self diagnosis on issues you can generally find out the issues yourself i think a lot of people get confused straight away if you call a url or a website and it stops there they don't know what to do you know and and generally generally it's not a crawler issue actually it's 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 an seo seo issue um that you can look into yourself you know there is a reason why the crawler has stopped so it might be because it's blocked by robots.txt or it might be because it's got a it's got a no follow meta tag on there so it's it's saying don't crawl any of the outlinks um so one of the things that we teach in our training is is how you can debug that. So you can look at obviously the response code, you can look at um, the, the the status and the status code, and you can kind of get clues from that. We also have an indexability and indexability status column, and we teach people how to get clues and how to understand whether it's you know it is blocked by something or perhaps it's JavaScript or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. You know, I think you should put in the free version that, uh, you know, maybe a pop-up or something that says we're an agency. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah. Um, an- another one actually is um, is kind of a kind of fairly basic SEO issue that a lot of people struggle with is is understanding why pages or sections might be missing from a crawl. Um, you know, and the number one reason is just because it's well, it's not linked to. You're not you're not linking to it. You know, so how 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 can we crawl it? You know, how does a crawler work? A crawler works by obviously following links, and and crawling those links and discovering more pages and so on and so forth. Um, so uh, so yeah, that that that's another one. I mean, it's not always that. You know, it might be. Um, the understanding why google can find it and and we can't you know and it might be because obviously google calls over a period of time or because um you know they've uploaded their their xml sitemap to google or because you know google's rendering the content and seeing the links that are in uh, dynamically you know within the content or whatever it might be how does crawl budget affect what google might see versus what screaming frog might see well, I, th- I think there's a difference between the two. You know, I think um, we're in terms of crawl budget. In, there's some there's some similarities in that in the SEO Spider, if you perform a crawl on a website that has kind of lots of unnecessary pages or lots of pages where um that are quite complicated like a facetive nav or something along those lines lots of parameters lots of filters that it's crawling you'll see it in the seo spider you'll see that it's crawling all of those and it's wasting a lot of time and it's crawling lots of urls and i mean google will work in the same way i do think google um do it better than we do obviously i think obviously because of the way that page rank works and their understanding of the pages and the way that they deal with duplicate pages and things like that they're stopped crawling at a certain point where ours is a little bit more like we're just continue crawling you know unless right. the user themselves has a look at the data and says 
hey, you know, we're going to put some excludes in or we're going to put in a custom robots.txt or, you know, we're going to, yeah, exclude these parameters or whatever it might be. So this there's kind of some similarities, but 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 some differences. It's good information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> All right, is it time for Believe It or Leave It? I think so. All right, it's time for Believe It or Leave It, Dan, one of the favorite features on Search Talk Live. And in Believe It or Leave It, we give you three statements we found on the Internet, so you know they're true. And we're going to ask <laughs> you to tell our audience whether they should believe it or whether they should leave it and why. You ready for it? Okay, yeah. All right, here comes number one. It has no effect on rank if you exceed Google's recommended lengths for page titles and descriptions. Believe it or leave it? Leave it. I mean, Google don't have a recommended length themselves. They don't give it. So they don't have it. So when you say recommended length, I mean, obviously, they they calculate it based upon pixel width. Um, of of the of the characters, um, and you'll find that if you include um, characters words beyond beyond the cutoff point that you see within the Google SERPs SERP snippets, Google for page titles anyway, not for meta descriptions because they're not used in scoring. But um, for page titles, they will um, they will still um, yeah use use those words in, in scoring. So it's not it doesn't work that way. Nice, that's a pretty clear answer. Yeah, very good. Number two, if you successfully solicit a link from a relevant, valuable website, you should immediately turn your attention to getting more links from the website, from that website. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it depends what perspective you're looking from. I mean, I mean, are we looking purely from an SEO perspective? If so, yes. Okay, so purely from an SEO perspective, there's probably less benefit getting you know multiple links from the same domain. Right. There, there will be some, there will be some some benefit. Don't get me wrong, um, but it's probably there'll probably be less benefit than getting from lots of different linking root domains just by the way that Google scores um, links in their algorithm essentially. But from a from a user perspective, for example, if we got lots and lots of mentions on you know Moz or or on you know, uh, you know, a big SEO blog or, or whatever it might be, with a really relevant audience. Obviously, it's great from a user perspective. You know, referral traffic and potential business and stuff is is great. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, not for an SEO standpoint, but if it's a if it's a tra- page that gets a lot of traffic and can bring more traffic to your site, yeah, it's worth it. But from an SEO standpoint, Google has said in the past that, um, you know, they really only count one link from domain. Yeah, it, it really depends on what your priorities are, for sure. Right. Yeah. All right, number three. There is no need to individually disavow bad links to your website because Google's algorithm detects spammy link sources and automatically ignores them. <laughs> Believe it or leave it? Ah, <laughs> uh, such a tough, such a tough one. Let's put your faith I, in I, Google. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? Do you know what? I, I, I generally think, I generally think, believe it. And I know there'd be a few people out there who say who disagree with me. But from what we've seen, generally, Google are very good at ignoring bad links. And we worked with a lot of clients who had 
historical link based issues who came to us to help them who saw big recoveries in the in the pe- penguin algorithm which i think is that two years ago now something mm-hmm. like penguin four yeah, right. um when uh when obviously you know they stopped demoting websites and just I- ignored the bad links they saw big increases and generally i think that's the case i do think though that there are probably some link based filters around anchor text and stuff like that that are different to maybe different to penguin you know but i think generally the case is i mean we haven't done a disavow for quite a long time now for yeah probably a good couple of years um maybe only one in a very extreme case when uh you know there's a there's a a partial manual action or something along those lines but you rarely see them these days either because google is trying to deal with them obviously algorithmically you know, and, and I've ha- I have a theory on this. You remember back in the day when Google Images used to go through and you, you'd name the images? It was actually helping their algorithm understand what that picture was. Boy, have we come a long yeah. way. <laughs> but I think that was the same thing for the disavow tool. It was getting a sample size of what everybody thought was a spammy website so that they could train their algorithms to understand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but would you consider that the answer to this question is industry-specific? Would you consider that some people theorize that, yes, there are certain industries, the self-help industry, sure. uh, anything involving money, etc., uh, that they totally have figured out what a spammy link looks like? Correct, yeah. But there are other industries where they have not figured out what mm-hmm. a spammy link looks like and that there may be value in individually disavowing it depending on your industry. Is, do you th- what's your response to that theory? I think at this point they've got it down pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So it's really a matter of, of priorities. You know, the answer to this question is you're an SEO. You've got 20 things on your to-do list. One of them is to disavow links individually. That probably goes to the bottom of your to-do list. There may oh, be some yeah. validity yeah, to sure. it, but it's got to go to the bottom of your priority list. So it's about prioritizing. Absolutely. I think – I think I think the only the the only way sh- the only uh, reason that someone should be disavowing links sh- is if they have a problem if they know they have a problem so if they have a manual action do a disavow yeah, yeah. of course that's the only way to get rid of the manual action if it's if it's due to link based issues obviously which it will say in the manual action if it's algorithmic and they're seeing a drop algorithmically and they think it might be a link based filter that's where it gets more complicated but i really do think that's that's kind of rare these days and i think there's probably a higher likelihood that google are just ignoring more of their links than they realize than the links are actually hurting them so 99.9 percent of the time i really think it's that high i just don't think there's there's any value in doing a disavow i really don't yeah and it's pretty time intensive too yeah yeah, yeah. totally it's, it's uh, you know if, if 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 that's what you're spending your time doing and actually you're you're ranking fairly well and you know uh i think i think you can spend your time more wisely definitely Great. Uh, we've got one last thing to squeeze in before the end yes. of the show, Dan, and this is your Search Talk Live tattoo. And what we need you to ask our listeners or tell our listeners is what's your most powerful, most succinct piece of advice you can give them. And remember, it's got to be tattooable because Robert gets all this ink. <laughs> oh, crikey. Uh, okay. Um, uh, let's say keep, keep testing. Keep keep experimenting yourself. I think is 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 one of the things that I always um, 
always recommend our, our team do don't just believe what other people say you know test things yourself um and kind of you know le- learn and get experience by doing because you know there's lots of people with lots of opinions in seo but uh, i always recommend you know running your own experiments and working out yourself what what does and doesn't work i think that would probably be some of my best advice particularly for for those new to the industry that is great keep okay. testing as a tattoo you know we could do an entire show on that right <laughs> seriously running down what are seo tests because yeah. you and I know PPC. If someone asked you to talk about PPC tests, you could talk for four hours. If someone said, what are some regimented meth- methodical tests you could do in SEO? I'm not sure everybody's as conversant in that, in the no. way that they I are mean, with it's PPC. What would you say, Dan? I was just saying, yeah, it's, it's hard. That's why, obviously, because it's, you know, it's uh, – it's not in a vacuum, you know. It's um, you know, it's, it can be really difficult. But I think I think there's some pretty solid on-site SEO tests that you can do, even around you know what we just discussed about page titles. You know, how many words will Google count? You know, within yeah. a page title, how far can you go? You can, you know, you can have a play with a page title and, and keep going and, and make up some words that you know, if you run a search in Google, it doesn't appear, and make up a word and keep going and do it at 200 characters get the page indexed does google return that page when you run a search for it you know simple seo test that's kind of the basics i think um a lot of people don't do that and and, you know more people should anyway yeah methodical seo testing right absolutely i agree well dan it's been a great show lots of great information and i i hope that everyone will go check out that haven't that doesn't have it already downloaded or um have used it uh use the seo spider tool from screaming frog and uh, Dan, if someone wants to reach you, they can reach you on Twitter at Screaming, Screaming Frog, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, my handle is just uh, at Screaming Frog. Fire any questions my way. I'm, um, I'm generally around and will always answer them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's great. Uh, it's been a great up. And we're going to let you get to bed because it's approaching uh, 9 o'clock your time. And thanks so much for staying up late and <laughs> doing the show with us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate uh-huh. that. All right, guys, that's another show. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. And be sure, if you have what it takes to be a guest on our show, we would like you to email us. Email me, Robert, or Matt at searchtalklive.com. It's pretty easy. Um, you know, if you come on, you, you have to know your stuff because I will not to be mean to you, and I try not to do this, but I will call you out if you do something that is just extreme and... <laughs> Not not good SEO. <laughs> <laughs> you might make the Search Talk Live outtakes very popular. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> but guys, we'll see you next week, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Search Talk Live is sponsored by the Robert Palmer family of companies. If you have questions for Search Talk Live or you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor of the show, email Robert at searchtalklive.com. That's searchtalklive.com.